This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, so I'm sitting here and we're in Wisconsin right now, and uh talking with Brandon Waddell and Philip Kirsch, Kirsch Targets, and Brandon Mountain Archery Festival, and they are putting together some amazing targets for a Pope and Young course. Brandon, go ahead. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, well, let me rewind. We are at the Kirsch World Headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we're, in, we're in the auxiliary trophy room uh, hanging out. I appreciate you coming up. <laughs> um, yeah, you know... Um, Mountain Archery Fest is we're in our second year and we're getting rolling and um, uh, luckily we're going to get to have our four events this year in Idaho, New Mexico, and Utah and Colorado and uh, and but a, a, a little to be more specific we've got a course specifically why we're here in Wisconsin why I'm here um, we also have another guest that'll jump on here in a minute George and um, but we're here because of an idea I had one night that I wanted to create the Pope and Young North American 29 world record course. And, um, you know, it's a thought that I had after building a relationship here with Philip and something that I gave some thought to and thought that in, in order to bring a different light to educating people about species, about um, Pope and Young, the club, and it's not just an elitist club, um, that, that Pope and Young, ha if you're an archer, I just think you should be a member of Pope and Young. I think without Pope and Young as being one of our only national, um, uh, representatives of archery, 
uh, that's super important. I think you should do something on a local level with your sh local shooting club. I think you should belong to your state shooting organization. And I think you should be a part of Pope and Young if you're a diehard archer. And um, I think that creating this course in my head, I wanted to um, really make a course that really was an educational course that people could come out and shoot and see the best representatives of the most mature animal that is the world record in Pope and Young for the, that species in the 29 North American slam, right? So um, I really didn't know how to do it. And I, uh, I kind of talked to Philip and was like, Philip, I got this idea. We think we should, how can we do this? And he was like, I don't know. This is Philip's line. I don't know. Let me think about that. <laughs> Philip likes to think about things, but then, but he never comes back with a dumb answer. Like he always comes back with the most educated answer you can imagine. And so, you know, then we started thinking about, I'm like, there's gotta be a way we can like make these antlers. And we talked about, well, how can we make them out of foam or maybe we can do this and we can do that. Remember our early conversations, Philip, when we were like, trying to you were like well what do you mean you want to do like foam and i'm like uh well, i don't know i don't know can we do that and you're like ah, i don't think that uh i don't know about They're that it's gonna be representative it's yeah. gonna give the respect to the animals that it should right yeah and so then we um there's always a way though there's always yeah. a way and, and maybe a way to do it better yeah i mean we, maybe we don't have that figured out yeah. I mean, we've got, <laughs> we've had a lot of lessons learned in the last four days of doing this whole oh, building this course, right? The lessons, yeah, over yeah. and over and over, yeah. But in the end, um, Philip recommended a guy, uh, his antlers by Klaus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it was it was research. Yeah, we started searching down who does replications, who's who's a professional at this, who, uh, and then who's the best at it. So we started. Researching that, found a couple of guys in the U.S. that uh, that loves to acquire antlers and the biggest and baddest antlers out there, and uh, and and started checking references and talked to the Pope and Young. We said, "Who, who do you guys know that that uh, is great at antlers?" He said, "Yeah, antlers by Klaus. You got to talk to Klaus. Talk to Klaus. <laughs> okay, let's let's search down this guy Klaus." And and uh, and uh, he was great. He's like, "Wow." We we explained the concept to him and. He's like, hey, uh, yeah, I, I think I can do that. And we looked at his work and we thought, wow, man, those look like real antlers. Those, those, those you know, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, I pulled up in the driveway and I see just 3D targets strewn all over the place. <laughs> and my first thought, besides even looking at the antlers, was, holy cow, those cursed targets, man. They they look real, ultra realistic compared to your average yep. 3D target. Yep. And then I come up. And I see these giant elk racks laying on the lawn. And then I look over and I see some giant moose paddles. And I touch them. And, I mean, they feel real. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, the detail in them is ultra realistic. And I'm just, I'm blown away. But so I saw you posted a few things on Instagram. And I messaged you and I'm like, dude, if I don't get out to, like, Colorado to go shoot Mountain Archery Fest, I might not see that this year. And I have to see these targets. So mm -hmm. I came up and I'm. I'm blown away. I'm truly blown away by what's gone into this, how you guys are doing it. George over there foaming left and right doing all these targets. It's it's pretty interesting to see. And I just I think that 
what you guys are doing is amazing, but the fact of how realistic it is, I mean, people are going to be blown away by it for sure. Yeah, we sure hope so. I mean, even when I got up to uh, Klaus's shop and and uh, Philip had sent me a picture and he told me, he told me this picture doesn't, this it doesn't do justice. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Right. I mean, I had an idea, but when I when I walked in there and looked at those things and started hanging them in this trailer for transportation, I was literally blown away. <laughs> I mean, when I was grabbed, I thought they'd be a little lighter. But, um, we all kind of thought that in some fashion, but because he said he would make them lighter than the real thing. And so, good Lord, I'd hate to know what those rocky oh. <laughs> bighorn actually weigh if this is lighter than the real thing. Um, but uh yeah, you know, we strove to give the best representation we can of this animal from the foam all the way through the mounting, all the way to the antlers made by Klaus. Um, you know, there were hundreds of hours put into conversations between me and Philip and Philip and George and then me and George and and then but I but I'll be honest, I mean, I had a great vision but I had, you know, without Philip trusting in me last year and helping, helping get me the targets when I needed them and, and give me some time to pay him for them, um, you know, because things didn't work out as well as we thought they were going to be last year on the events because we had an epic snowfall in Utah and Colorado, so we had to move both events, and it, it hurt our registration some. Um, but, uh, you know... I asked Philip, well, do you think you can help me with that? Do you think you can help me with this? And he was like, um, yeah, let me think about that. <laughs> and he came back and said, yeah, yeah, I think I think I can. Uh, I think I can invest some time in this. I, I, I like where you're going with this. I really I want to be a part of it. And and so, you know, as we. As we got a little bit further in, I mean, he took a lot on his shoulders. Um helping me i mean we had to bring in a musk he found me a musk ox in italy we had to fly that musk ox in from italy out of milan <laughs> italy milan, Italy, <laughs> across the atlantic ocean yep. to the u.s to wisconsin yep and soon to be onward to onward to the rockies to, to the rockies yep. yeah you know and then we we he he's done a lot to help me get to this point and and then you know we all custom discussed a lot of um design options and different things we were going to do with it to try to make this come to life. But, uh, um, it's been, uh, it's been interesting week when we, to, to we were going to do this. We were going to, we just talked about this last night. We were initially supposed to do this in April, right? April was the Pope yeah. and Young convention. Three days. We were going to start what? Yeah. Three days before the convention starts. Yeah. We're going to, ah, we well, can do this we in can two, do this. three days, two, three days. Two we can half. do this. No problem. Where are we at now? We'll have Day what? Seven? We'll have <laughs> we'll have five days. Yeah, solid. Pretty seven. much solid five days yeah. into the deal. <laughs> um, but we do think that we have a world record that I mean we we have we mounted we literally mounted um, and 24. have taxidermied twenty four animals in five days. Yeah, that's I don't know if there's any taxidermy shops out there quite pulling that off, but we're cheated a little. <laughs> Truthfully, I think I think the course itself maybe some type of record i mean i i've I never heard of one before right i no, mean um, your idea with this whole thing is kind of tying them all together that i've never heard or seen of anything like it so yeah you know uh 
you know, when I had the idea and the thought and it all started coming together, I thought, you know, this is something that could definitely, um, uh, put math on a different level that no one else has ever seen. Um, uh, as we discussed it and as we started realizing it was really coming to fruition, we, then I started bragging about it a little bit. And then it was like, people were like, what? <laughs> You're going to what? I said, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to have the first and pretty much the one and only. 29 North American world record course by the records held by Pope and young. And I'm going to travel it around and I'm going to put it together and I'm going to educate you about these animals. I'm going to teach you where these animals were shot by whom, and we're going to do everything we can to replicate the shot, the angle position, everything on this course. I spent a lot of time, uh, at a convention at the Pope and young convention last year, trying to, uh, talk to as many of these world record holders as I could to try to get that information so that we can really make this a 100% experience. Yeah. It's, uh, the way, the way you've talked about it and told me about it, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's educating to me, even just talking about the course, I can't imagine somebody actually getting to see the different placards with the education, you know, about the history of each of these animals and everything with it. And, and like you were talking about earlier, if, you, if we could circle back a little bit to the whole Pope and Young thing, I truly didn't really understand. I mean, I know the history of the organization, you know, that aspect of the archery hunting in North America. But then as far as you don't you don't really hear about the Pope and Young animals. Most of it's booners, booners, booners. And it's 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 kind of a different learning experience. You always like we were talking about earlier before we ever started recording. In my opinion, it was kind of this. Uh, elitist, very stringent rules to try and become in the Pope and Young or issues like that. And this kind of sheds a little more light on it, I think, for my yeah. generation and everybody else that doesn't know about it. Right. I mean, you know, consider this. A 140-inch whitetail can make the buck. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there's rules about that, right? Well, there's it's a means of fair chase. That's it. You got to do it legally. You got to do it within, you know, daylight hours that's been set before you by your fishing game. You got to take it with, you know, with a bow, right? Um, right. You can't take it with any electronics, sight, things like that. I mean, you can have lighted knocks, but that's something that they added a few years back. Um, but for the most part, you know, if you're shooting a, a basic bow and arrow and compound or not or whatever, and you're not using electronic sights and you're not cheating and you you took that animal with ethics, yep. then it's in the book. Now, was I always heard something about like fiber optic sights or something like that, that you couldn't be entered if you had fiber optics That's on your correct. sights. That's correct. You're not allowed to – well, fi you mean – as long as it's not electronically not illuminated lit. or as battery, as, but as long as it's not batteried or electronically illuminated, then you can use it like an HHA site that has mm -hmm. fiber wrapped around. It's naturally collecting the sun and giving you a pin. No problem. Did not know that. Mm -hmm. So Philip, I kind of want to, so the targets and mm -hmm. everything that mountain archery is all exclusively cursed targets other than maybe a couple, right? But that's in the works to be mm -hmm. changed. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a history on the whole curse? Yeah, sure, sure. So um, Kirsch has been around for about three years, and uh, we really started 
with uh, with a trip to ATA, um, searching for some products for for a local vendor, trying to help them out, and and uh, and saw this booth full of uh, full of all kinds of animals, just gorgeous looking targets, and uh, got to talking with uh, with the folks there. Turned out they were from Austria. They were checking out the U.S. market to to uh, potentially venture into, and uh, and it w- the U.S. was new for them. In fact. Uh, uh, one of them didn't speak English, and uh, and so he kind of sat in the background, and I, I, I got to know uh, um, the lady Dagmar, who's who's the daughter-in-law for for the uh, um, designer for all these targets, and, and got to know their history, and and so um, at the time I was working for another company, and and uh, we were importing products from from Germany and Czech Republic, and I'm like, hey, I know how to import products, I know how to how to how to get you guys in here, but this is what I do, and. Uh, and man, these products are, are just so cool. I would love to be involved with this. And uh, so we did a market study and found that, geez, you know, there is room for a, a serious player for 3D archery targets, at least high quality 3D archery targets that has a big variety. And and, uh, and so I said, let's let's jump into this with both feet. And and uh, went over there and saw their factory, got to know them better, and, and we started bringing containers over. And so uh, through this day, we, we've got a, a process of uh, um, design development of new targets. A lot of, uh, almost all the North American species at this point in time uh, coming out with about one new target every month and uh, putting them on in containers and bringing them into Southeast Wisconsin and distributing them, distributing them to clubs and dealers and, and home users from there. And and uh, it's just what I wanted, just a, a fun, uh, fun business, fun, uh, marketplace, great people, and and archery, and and you know this Pope and Young. It, uh, you know, you, it, I didn't know the Pope and Young that well years ago, um, and so I I got invited to this uh, event and and uh, and got to know the people and, and the board. You know, they all show up for the events. They 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 want to talk to everybody. They want to do things with you. Say, Come on over. Let's shoot some bows. Let's let's uh, let's have some fun. And like, man, this is great. These, <laughs> you know, they, and. Uh, and uh, it, it's not always that way with all clubs, you know. It's uh, uh, that uh, that welcoming, that that extremely genuine, um, welcoming uh, type of personality and and um, and feeling is uh, is what I see in the club. And I thought, boy, let's uh, let's let's keep doing this. Let's get further. And and so when Brandon started talking about such a concept of uh, the, the the all of the North American species, I mean, I love animals and I love love horns and i love um <laughs> learning about them and and uh and and you know every aspect about them and uh and what a better way to uh, to learn about them than to admire them and read about them and uh and, and have a, have some fun with them and so it was a great match of of uh, uh great foam great target great great targets great painting and then uh boy to mount them with these antlers it's it's something to see, and I'm I'm excited, and I hope people that are listening to this get a chance to definitely see them. But Phil, can you could you tell me a little bit about you were telling me why these are so realistic versus mm-hmm. some of the other targets, yeah. and uh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, for sure. So so they're designed by uh, a gentleman by the name of um, Gerhard uh, Gerhard Light uh, Gerhard Lightold, sorry. And uh, he's a 30-year master taxidermist, so he, he loves nature. He loves the animals. He loves the anatomy. He's a big game hunter, travels the world hunting, 
he's a he's a guide for big game hunting in the Middle East. Even he he, uh, he guides too. And and so uh, 15 years ago, he started taking some of his full body taxidermy work and and uh, making molds out of them. And so for a long time, all of his his targets he came out with were, were replicas of of full body animals that he made. And so uh, you know he had the passion to make them as real life as possible because they were representing somebody's real trophy you know yeah. you, you got to give them some respect and so these things better look good and and he took it real serious and uh no skimping no and, and then and then his son is uh engineer and they got involved and and uh, figured out even more and more about the foam and the process and improving the processes and how to make the the paint bond to the foam and how to make sure it comes out of the mold uh, and, and lasts for years like it did uh, the day it came out of the mold as far as weather resistance, UV protection. Uh, it's it's got to make it in the mountains from the Alps to the Rockies. It's got to make it in the, the heat of, of southern U.S. or South Af you know, Africa or anywhere in the world. It's got to make those conditions. And so they took it real serious and uh, didn't hold back. And boy, uh, I'm glad they did that because the response I got from the marketplace was, was, was just, uh, I, I, you know, like boy, I feel very lucky. <laughs> you know, like not not being an expert, getting into it, that trusting these experts, uh, it was the it was a good call, I think. Definitely. Yeah, I can tell you. I mean, these they're one piece construction, right? So they yep. don't come apart, they don't fall apart. Just this year, they started doing what? What do you got? The deer and the turkey that actually have a replaceable core. Yeah, yeah. Starting to um, add more. We have a couple but, more coming. But I but I can tell you, I've got a deer and I've got an elk that have literally been sitting in my front yard for over a year at 7,500 feet. And um, they were there all winter, all summer. <laughs> and they, that elk, one of those elks is here. Yeah, cool. And we can go look at it. Yeah. That, that target that's in the Swoping Young course has been out on for a year, over a year at my house getting shot. And I sh and I showed I showed Philip. I said, "Yeah, I did a little broadhead testing." <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, but you you, you can you got to look to see the slice. You know, but you, yeah. you it's there. But but on we're shooting these things with field points that heal so well, they pull so well, um, and they just have a gen a great feel to them when you're when you're shooting them and pulling and and playing with them. And and for me, carrying them all over a mountain. Well, that's yeah. I, I noticed. I mean, there's not just one variety of elk. You've got various different body sizes. And I mean, is that that's a commonplace, right? You can order all of those. Yeah. You, you know, so so as they kept expanding, having groups, groupings of animals that you can have one standing, one laying, one one even on hind legs, things like that, fighting, whatever it may be. Uh, so you can make scenes out of these. And, and as, as particularly mm -hmm. archery clubs and dealers, I uh, want to make it more and more interesting and move targets around. Uh, I found, man, they, they nailed it with this. You know, the, the, the one piece, so the butt doesn't fall off, the head doesn't <laughs> fall off. Uh, we've we've, we've uh, all seen and, and had frustrations with that. So, uh, man, they, they, they really figured this out. Like, all the credit to them because it works. And, uh, and yeah, so... so um, uh, yeah, like you, could, you can set up that fighting deer... With this standing mountain lion, look at the standing yeah. mountain lion right there. Look at his eyes and his teeth and his tongue. I mean, how, that is the coolest as it's could be, cool. right? And so you can have a you can have a buck with his head down, like in a fighting position, with this lion standing there, like he's trying to get to this thing. Um, 
or even coming out a deer from behind. You know, we did that last year. And then the other, my other trick was is to set up a deer, and then you set him up about nine yards behind the deer, but he looks like he's right there on the deer. And so when they shoot, they don't realize the visual aspect. You can't tell the difference in the yardage between no, the two animals. That away, though. So well, anybody, well, anybody that wants to range it can figure it out. But, <laughs> um, but it's just kind of neat because then you sit there and you look at it you're like, wow, that mountain lion's that far behind it? Um, it's kind of fun. So that brings up a question then. So Pope and Young, as far as ruling goes, can you use a rangefinder? Yes. Okay. That's See, this is all new to me. But yeah, you can use okay. a rangefinder. Mm-hmm. So you can use a rangefinder. So like some electronics are considered. It's it's really, they just don't, you know, the idea is they just want to keep. Um, the, yeah, you can use a rangefinder to range. But it's as far as having electronics on the bow, they, they just want to give that animal a fair chance. And that's kind of where fair chase, the comment fair chase comes right. from. You know, we just. We want to we want to give the animal a fair chase, and we, when we take that animal, we want it to be because we strove to be our very best to beat an animal in its bedroom, right? Yeah. And that we 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 accomplish that, um, that we're kind of on a level playing field, right? Yeah. So let's talk about the Mountain Archery Fest and how many targets. What do you have set up? You've got your Pope and Young course, and then you've got what? Uh, we've got. Five more courses past that. So we have six courses on them. We're actually one, two, three, four, five, five. So yeah, six. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm two weeks away from having an event. And I don't even know how many courses I have. <laughs> I have six. But basically, we have five full-blown courses. Um, and then we have a kid's course, which is only like a dozen uh, animals set up. Um, but we'll have about 160 targets total uh, between our practice range and all of our courses. And um, we've got the the Pope and Young 29 is the longest one. Then we've got a base map course. Um, they're basically all named after sponsors this year. Um, so we got a base map course, um, which is our competition course, and it's kind of always at the base. So there's always one course that we can push people out, and you don't have to go up on uh, on the ski resort up the lift. And then we got four more courses that come down the mountain. And they all range from beginner all the way to completely crazy and advanced, like our cryptic course. And so our cryptic course, I set, it's almost, I call it my stupid course because it's the one that's going to teach you what you're really ethically not capable of doing. Um, Because everything's 60 to 130 yards, tight, tight windows, 12s or nothing, tons of lost arrows, tons of brutal steepness, length, slopes, tight spots. (laughs) Um, and then I always throw a couple in there that you really can't make. If you stand at that pin, you cannot make it unless you are a master of deflection. So basically that's just to kind of, to give you an idea that on that course that there's a couple that you can't make. So you're going to stand there, you're going to ponder it. And eventually you're going to say, I've got to move to make this ethical shot. And that's one of those things that you have to learn sometimes, right? Because sometimes we get frozen and we feel like we have to make a shot like it's now or never on this on this animal but yet there's something in the way that's going to keep you from doing that to where you may wound the animal or you may you know you, you may not hit it at all right so we i tried to mix that course up to where um you know that there's every every course on the mountain has a purpose so each one whether it's educational um, like the Pope and Young course and just fascinating and amazing. But then the other courses 
are kind of set up to where one's kind of a fantasy course. Like it's stuff that you'll probably never shoot in your life for real. Um, it's stuff from Asia and Africa and some different things that, you know, that kind of, um, that you just don't get to shoot and see very often. And then, then there's a course that's kind of your Western big game course. Right. And then that's kind of, it's your standard stuff that you're going to catch in the West. Um, and then, you know, last year we had a train to hunt course. Um, we don't have one this year, but you know, there's pieces of mountain archery fest within this that we just, we love to have, um, uh, a physical challenge side to it. And this year we have the Baku, um, Western challenge and it's, it's kind of a physical challenge and there's some e-bike riding and physical challenge and e-bike riding and you're shooting kind of changes some of it. So, um, we got everything, man. I mean, even our competition, I got nine divisions in each competition. I mean, I got Olympic recurve. I got men's and women's separate divisions. I got pro all the way down, bare bow, you name it. I got all around. Every, I got everything. Yep. Yep. I got everything you'd want to do. Um, and then of course, you know, we've got the, uh, full draw Eastman's film night on Friday night. And then we got the Pope and young pint night on Saturday night. And, um, you know, we just really try to celebrate the sport of archery. I have something for every discipline, every age, and every ability. Um, there's no reason why you can't come there and learn the sport, get to know people in conservation, um, from uh, local DNRs to BHA to um, SCI, uh, state chapters, local bow hunting clubs, um, you know, there's, there's so many people there for so many reasons to, um, and we just come there collectively for the sport of archery and we celebrate it and we have a great time. Yeah. I think hopefully you get one here in the Midwest as well. I know I'm wanting it. I'm pretty sure you want one too, Philip. You know and, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bring it here wherever we can get it, but uh, we're, we're working cool. on coming East next year. Okay. Uh, I won't drop it like it's hot, like where I'm going, but. Um, you know, I've been in talks with four places basically in the Midwest, um, and you know, way Southeast. And so we'll just kind of wait and see how that schedule can blend together. We'll be working on that schedule real hard in August and finalizing some of those dates and we'll have some announcements in September, but we'll be launching, uh, new sites in the Midwest and different stuff by October 1st of this year. So I want to ask you about, cause you and I talked about it a little bit earlier and it's pretty cool concept with the whole base map thing and how that ties into the shoot. It's, it's pretty cool. It I'd like cool. you to talk about yeah, it because that's something um, I've, I've never seen something quite like that. Yeah. So that's kind of the two, that's kind of the two good drops we have this year, right? Is this Pope and young course and, and how epic it is and absolutely amazing it is. And, um, the other thing that we have, yeah, we got kids ready to go on scooters, <laughs> man. We're, we're a family event around here. Absolutely. Let them roll. Um, <laughs> but I want to see him jump the ramp. <laughs> Don't tempt him. Huh? It, it doesn't take two, twice. But the base map deal is pretty awesome. I don't know if people are familiar with base map, but they're a phone um, mapping service um, similar to the X. Uh, and um, we, uh, we sat down and talked to them about a year ago, a little more than a year ago. And I said, I got this really cool idea. Um, is it possible to be able to map out all of our courses on base map, have a picture, have a pin position, have a target position, have a description or picture of the target, like I said, and, and, and a yardage already in, in, 
at the pin um, uh, for every course. Uh, be able to have a legend for Mountain Archery Fest on the mountain as well. And then, um, you know, can we can we offer that subscription for free so that when people come to the event, they can download your app for free for seven days. And while they're at the event, they have, they can use that mapping system to, to work my courses and, and enjoy the event without me having to hand them paper slips that have a legend or directions or whatever. Um, in fact, if you already have base map, starting Thursday morning before each event, you will be able to pull it up and you'll know where you're going. You'll know where the lodge is. You'll know where camping is already. You'll know where RV camping is. You'll know where everything's at. Um, but it's, but they were like, they kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit. They weren't sure if it was possible. Um, so then when we, by the time we got to ATA, Jeff said, yeah, yeah, we're in. We think we found a way to uh, for you to be able to do it and, and for us to back end it and, you know, we'll be able to accomplish it. If you can accomplish this in this amount of time <laughs> and you can get it to us on a certain time, then we can do what we need to do on our side. So there's a lot of pressure on me to get these courses set, um, by Wednesday night <laughs> and, uh, of each event and make it happen. Um, but the other cool piece to the puzzle that came about since those discussions is, is that if you're familiar with base map, they do a weekly gear drop. And so I want to talk about that yeah, real quick yeah, because yeah, lay it out I recently uh, started using base map, trying it out and uh, I like it. Haven't had a, a whole lot of uh, time to actually play with it even more. And I'm looking forward to use it during hunting season. I didn't have it during any of my spring scouting, but um, so I started doing the gear drop. I discovered that they had the gear drop thing on there and I've been seeing a couple posts on the base map, on, on Instagram and different social media things. And I sent you uh, the link in order, because you can actually get more drops, more chances to win their prize. And I sent you one and you messaged me back and go, what do I need that for? I already did it. <laughs> well, yeah, what, I, what, what did you send this to and, me for? And I was like, and then no sooner than you said, well, I needed another pin. I was like, oh, right. That makes sense. Yeah. But so talk about those drops that, it's pretty cool what you guys are doing with that too even it's so if you follow if i suggest anybody that listens to go to base map download the app for free for seven days play base or play gear drop um they give away anywhere from like 500 to a thousand and every now and then they got i mean they did a gunworks uh rifle i mean that thing was yeah 2500 bucks uh you know and so they they drop some cool stuff but what they do is they pick like a wilderness area at this point and they put an imaginary pin somewhere in that wilderness area and then they give you about three or four clues as to where that yep. pin could be and then you get one pin just for playing they give you a pin to drop and you got to kind of look at the clues and find a spot within that area and drop your pin uh it's no different than if someone said yes i have a spot picked out on this map and you're going to poke it with a pin and you're going to guess my spot. Here's the clues, right? So, but, but then along through it, you can watch a video about whoever the prize is being given away by. And to get another pin, you can share it on uh, social media, get another pin. You can send an email, uh, get another pin. Yep. Um, so there's some different things, some cool tools there. Um, and the cool part about this relationship with math is, is that each the week of each event 
we will be doing a pin drop within the mountain archery festival event so much tighter area and um and then we're giving and then the sponsors of mountain archery fest are going to be giving away some cool stuff so um you know for instance the first week we have initial ascent and vortex giving away some stuff uh, initial ascent pack company and vortex glass and then the next week we have pse bow and hha rest and sight uh, maybe a cutter stabilizer uh, with those guys hopefully and then um, and then the third week we've got a bunch of stuff being given away a hat and a shirt by publicly challenged uh, <laughs> we have some uh, phelps game calls we got pyro putty we've got phone scope stuff we've got um, uh, just a, a mega mega pack accessory package that we're giving away that third week and then on the fourth week um, you know i'm uh, I'm going to throw Philip under the bus here, but on the fourth week, uh, Philip's probably going to donate a target and then, uh, we're going to give away rock and roll. We're going to give away, uh, I, I don't have to think too much about that. Okay. <laughs> what, are, what target are you going to give away though, Philip? Do you have to think about that? I may have to think about that. <laughs> yeah, he's going to, uh, we, how do you feel about that? A full uh, size let me think about that. A Yukon <laughs> movie. <laughs> Maybe a Yukon moose. I'll come yeah. back to that. Yeah. yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, but I think, and then, and then alongside his, his target, we're going to give away uh, a weekend for two to math and 21. Um, so you'll have a full weekend for two people, three day pass. You get to come really enjoy the whole mountain, everything we have to offer. And before you come, you get a chance to, uh, shoot at a high quality curse target. And, uh, and get to know that you're going to get to go shoot 160 more of those bad boys, right? Yeah. So um, so we think that's just a match made in heaven for our last one to celebrate uh, a great season and uh, and getting everybody kind of going. So um, we're excited about uh, all the relationships we've got with all the sponsors. And if, if, uh, if like I say, if you don't have base map, you got you to gotta do that for sure. Um, yeah. It's, it, I don't know. And it seems like, the more I'm paying attention to it, the more it keeps developing and I'm just getting more and more excited to, to see it all come out and come into fruition because it, it's pretty neat what's going on yeah. here, what's happening, especially when you are the first repeat guest I've had on this podcast. Hey, all right. And, uh, and, and this is your first, uh, yeah. So it's live with you live and, uh, remote, yeah. right. <laughs> remote up here in, uh, Wisconsin, Be- beautiful, so beautiful Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Not too far from my grandma's house. <laughs> kind of interesting. I was like, no way. When you told me you were up there, I was like, I know where that's at. That's, that's right down the street. Super close. <laughs> yeah. World headquarters. Didn't even know it existed. But I think we need to try and get George on here and talk yeah, a little bit. We've been, we've, we, we came up here and we're like, we came up here and podcasted. They were drinking beer. And George, the mad scientist is still slaving away. <laughs> uh, you know, we took a cool picture the other night uh, in the sunset on the, on the deck of Lily's, uh, Lily Lake resort, Lily Lake resort. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I labeled it, uh, me as the event director and, and George is the mad scientist and, <laughs> and Philip is the target man. Um, and, uh, man, we've had a good time. It, it rings true over and over with, yeah. uh, with this development this week, the mad scientist, this guy has so many ideas on top of ideas on top of, and they're great. And, and they come from, I don't know. He's been he's been uh, repairing targets for twenty, thirty years. I, I don't remember. He, it loses me sometimes. But 
professionally, you know, traveling the country, pairing targets, and, and, and so literally seeing thousands of clubs, or, or, or well over a thousand clubs, and uh, almost every target on the planet he's seen. And so, so that's, uh, you know, when I met him, and, and I've known him a couple of years, but uh, when, when Brandon pro brought up this, uh, this Pope and Young project, I, I know the guy that can help us yeah. build these. This, <laughs> yeah. this guy knows. Uh, and, and, and what was funny was he told me all about George, right? And then when we went to ATA, uh, he tells me, well, you're going to be rooming with, uh, you're going to be rooming with George. This guy, George. This guy, George. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I show up at the hotel and, 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 uh, and, and, it, and George is there. And then it was like, we, we talked to, I got in late. And so we talked briefly. There were a few minutes probably, but then it was like, then it was like, suddenly like the light bulb went off in my head and I was like, you're George, the target guy. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You're the you're the mad chemist around here. You're the you're the, the mad scientist. And um, it was like, holy crap, like this is the guy. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's me. And I was just like, wow, how did this all come together like this? Like this is every time it's just all it just keeps working out, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, this whole thing keeps working out. So it's just impressive. All right, who's giving? You're gonna give yeah. it. Uh, okay, Philip's gonna give up a sad set for George here. So, when I pulled up, you're pretty busy, and I started talking to George, and I was, the first thing I noticed was, these are not your typical antlers and horns on these animals, and I was like, man, that's some serious support. And then I said, how are you supporting this? And George goes, oh, well, first I had, I had this idea, and. We're going to do that, but then it was wood, and I was like, man, I want the lifetime of these targets to be a lot longer than it should, you know, that it could be yeah. with the wood and going back and forth. And he's like, then I had it, and I figured it out. And he's explaining to me the anchor system that he came up with and the different injecting, the way he injected it. And I'm like, that, that's smart. That's, yeah. that's some good stuff. Introduce there. yourself, George. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Hey, I'm George from 3D Country. I've been working in the archery industry uh, Ever since 90, I've been involved with the local clubs, and then uh, the first 3D targets came to tar to uh, our area, and I was always really interested. It was like Christmas. We opened up all these boxes, and there's targets, you know. Remember the club <laughs> talked about, you know, what are you going to do with them? And they had all young kids and stuff like that. And at that time in the 90s, it was like everything was battery-operated. I says, well, we'll throw some batteries in them. We'll let them run around, and we get to shoot at them. <laughs> But the 3D targets yeah. were just the start of it, and we got they they would start getting shot up, and you couldn't score them. And we at that time we had 147 league shooters shooting the targets, and it was like they started getting shot up. And he says, "Well, we just throw this midsection away and order a new one." <laughs> says you can't throw that away. I couldn't I couldn't see that. So that was always an interest of mine to repair the targets. So then tell them a little bit about how you actually started doing that and how, how it works. Well, I repair the club's targets, and I started doing other ranges because I was a guy that could repair some targets. And there were places that weren't going to open if, they were, if I didn't guarantee I'd repair their targets for them. So I knew there was something valuable there. And uh, did a whole association. There were 16 clubs. I did all their targets. And then 1999... I walked into a local shop in Green Bay, Wisconsin, 
and it's the Heath brothers, and you know, nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just date myself a little Prince, a little the bit there, Prince. There. Sure. <laughs> and uh, he had quite a league. He had six hundred shooters. You know, six hundred arrows would strike each target even each night. Holy cow! Yeah. That's and uh, I came in there with a Delta Standing Bear, the one that looks like it's taking a leak, you know, if you <laughs> yep. see it. <laughs> yep. And, uh, it, you know, it had real light foam in it then, and I repaired the center of it, and they shot that at 20 yards, and after 600 arrows, there is a pencil, si- you know, a pencil eraser size of foam missing out of the center uh, 11 ring on a, you know, on that target. And the owner walks up to me, and he says, you're going to be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and well, you are a millionaire. You got a beautiful family and grandkids, right? Oh, yeah. You're rich as could be. Yeah. And it just the archery industry is just yeah. spectacular. We're, I just love the travel. When we sat around the other night, man, he's talking about, like, I mean, you're talking about clubs from back in the day when it, I think when they were a lot more shooters probably and just and it just was a different time right of archery oh yeah they would dress up you know on <laughs> sunday afternoons and they would be white shirts and you know just like they came back out of church or whatever they come out dressed up and they shot lemonwood longbows i mean i see a field full of them it's just like wow you know that was way back when and then the clubs you know the from where I'm from, O'Connell River Bowmen was a old one, Deeper Sportsman's Club. That area is where I'm from. Yeah. yeah. So you offer uh, repair kits that someone can do it them- themselves yeah. as well, right? Yes. Everything to do with target repairs, uh, even to paint your targets, anything to keep your targets in shape, we make and sell all of it. And I help anyone that's interested to do their own and I'll even come by and repair, and we have other repair techs around the country that use my tools and materials. So talk a little bit about the repair kits, because you were telling me, and it's pretty interesting the way the way that works, how you bore the hole. When you yeah, we core them out, and the new system uses molds, and we've developed molds for most of the major brands of Targets, and uh, you can order a set of molds, and they're reusable, and they have the 10 rings and you know all the scoring rings and all the hair detail and the muscle all right in it. It takes a, clo- a good eye to look at that target to actually realize it's a repaired target. And I guarantee twice the life on any target that I repair. Yeah, it's legit. Yeah. Yeah. It, Watching this whole process was something. You this know, is something. Been, yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, like even to speak like of like how much he's done, he was telling me about that reciprocating saw that you had for how long <laughs> that he, you're like, I think this thing uh, has probably done 10,000 targets. targets or more. Oh, more. yeah. Yeah. My old and it was one, still yeah. alive. Yeah. You know, I mean, you think about the miles he's put on traveling to all these clubs. You think about all the targets, all the people, all the archers, all the presidents, all all the people that he's been around and for 30 years. Uh, it's 99. Yeah. So 20. Yeah. Yeah. 30 years. Yeah. 30 years. <laughs> 31 years. Wow, we're doing math here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So when it all kind of came about, Philip was like, I know the guy. Right? Yeah. No, Philip. And Philip was like, I know the guy. And we just, uh, and then here I am in that hotel room, right? And I was just like, hello, you're George. You're the mad scientist of it all. 
how'd you guys meet? How did you meet? Boy, Philip, good, how did you Oh, you know meet? how? I, I do you know. I called you. I know. So, so yes. uh, uh, over the years, so so for the last ten years, I've been trying to. Uh, I, I love learning about markets and 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 trying to become an expert. Trying, trying, right? And uh, and so I was picking a lot of people's brain. And there's a there's a fantastic archery club here in Southeast Wisconsin called Buck Rub Outfitters, mm-hmm. and uh, the owner of that is Kaz. And uh, and I got to know Kaz, and and um, you know. Always picking his brain because he has, you know, oh. he's like he's like George. He's got so much history from the sport of archery and from hunting, and and uh, and so I thought, man, the more I can learn from him, the better. And we were talking about targets, and and uh, I launched this uh, this business for 3D archery targets, and and uh, Kaz, uh, Kaz is like, you know, I know somebody that used to work for me that you you should get in touch with him. And so Kaz <laughs> gave me George's number. I'm like. Some guy in Alabama, really? I, what's what's this all about? I got I got to learn more. And so I, I called George, and, and one thing uh, things move fast, probably. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I learned about his business, and and was shocked to know that uh, that there was a business like this. That uh, I thought that that's fantastic. It makes sense. And so uh, we uh, we met, and we just uh, kept rolling with it. And mm-hmm. you know, with these targets being one piece um, from nose to tail, I'm like. <laughs> This is the guy I gotta I gotta tie myself to and learn from and and uh, so I'm always old, ears open with George. Uh, oh yeah, and Philip's awesome for a guy to to meet and you know we gone to the ATA show together and just uh, learn both sides of the business and he's got a wonderful family here as well and it's just uh, been very inviting. We spent some quite a bit of time together and uh, working on the targets and discussing everything to go with the target. So. Um, once again, just kind of tell everybody your business, who you are, and uh, uh, George Verhock from 3D Country. And uh, like we discussed earlier, I've been repairing targets for 40 years and 30 years with my foam. <laughs> so, if they want to, if somebody wants to find you or look you up for their club or something like that, they can just type in what is it, 3D Country? 3 dcountrycom okay. and that's 3D Country, yes. And then George. Or, I mean, Philip, you, uh, kirschhunting.com. Kirschhunting.com. Yes. And it's more than just targets as well, right? There's, there's other products that we probably don't have a whole lot of time to talk about, but, but, uh, no, so, so our business is, uh, is, it's targets launched it. We added a bloodhound tracking knock mm-hmm. for, uh, for game recovery and, and, uh, closing that gap of lost animals out there. And, uh, and so that was for 2020 here. And, uh, uh, there's other things in the works, and, and over the years, we're going to continue expanding with other product lines and building from uh, from what we have. That's it's pretty interesting to see everything go down. Pretty excited to see how it all pans out. Um, Brandon, everybody knows Mountain Archery Fest, where to find you. Yeah. If they don't, hit me up, look it up, whatever. We'll get you there. Yeah, mountainarcheryfest.com and we Instagram, same thing, Mountain Archery Fest, Facebook, et cetera. So, um, we really look forward to people making a, making a journey to come out and see us uh, wherever you're at. Uh, give me a call if there's anything I can do. Uh, DM me. Let me know if there's something we can do to help get you to an event. Um, we're just always willing to see other people out on the mountain and enjoy the sport of archery and watching people smile and, and learning and education, educating themselves and, um, and just really being expressive about who we all are we're just all amazing people in this industry we all help each other we we help each other grow personally and in business and um 
you know, we're all, we're all family in some way or another. And it's just exciting to bring everybody together and be on the same page. And, and, you know, I just, I can't say enough about, um, you coming up here and hanging out with us and you helping us today. And, and, um, you know, this team that's sitting here right now is, uh, uh, is one of a kind. We, we've accomplished something this week that no one else has ever seen. <laughs> and, um, it, it, and has ever been done. And I'm just really proud of these guys being there for me. Our friendships are growing. Um, you know, and I'm not easy to work with. Um, <laughs> no I'm, 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 I'm all over the place and I'm a perfectionist almost to fault. And, um, but, uh, we're, uh, we're all, we're all three pretty proud of each other. Oh yeah. You know, it's been a blessing. Yeah. It's been a blessing being here and we appreciate you sharing this out on the podcast and, and we just really look forward to the listeners reaching out to the three of us so that we can make their experiences in archery uh, better, more fun and more long lasting. And, you know, and just really building from within, from the kids in this sport and the families and, and continuing to move it forward. So thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Thanks for being on. And I think, you know, our passion, our passion for the sport, for, for the hunting in general, you know, all of those aspects are what really probably tie us all together and, it's good to have you guys on. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thank you for being Thank out you. here. Yes. Yep. All right. That's a wrap. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenge.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.